fight and we don't have to kill everybody in the whole wide world really just needs to chill no we don't have to fuss no 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 we don't have to fight hello welcome back check out my my crazy outfit it's episode 13 and uh, why am I dressed like this? I'll tell you that in just a second when I introduce our guest. Uh, but first, I want to say, if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe. And thank you if you've already subscribed or tell your friends. Anything to help spread and, and gain some more viewership here would be much appreciated. Uh, if you prefer to listen audio only, uh, last episode I mentioned that we were going to be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, which we are. But we were having some issues where only the most recent episode would go up and as soon as we would put a new episode it would kick the the other one out so there was only ever the most recent one uh we think we just fixed that so as of tonight hopefully it should have the whole back catalog of all the episodes we've done so far uh and finally if you want to contact us which no one seems to so far uh it's just chill podcasting at gmail.com hit me up if you want to say anything really feedback or if you have a cool idea for a guest uh but speaking of guests here we go our guest today is Barbara Dean, also known as the Edible Chef. Hello. And uh, me. <laughs> the Edible Chef, of course, relating to my outfit. Cannabis. <laughs> Cannabis Chef. <laughs> so, um, yeah, because your name at first, I was like, Edible Chef. It almost sounds like you are edible, like the <laughs> chef. <laughs> I'm kind of yummy <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I don't know. Like, I mean, the first thing I kind of wanted to know well, first of all, actually, I wanted to say, are you superstitious? Because this is episode 13. Uh, I love it, actually. That's one of my favorite numbers. I'm also a Halloween baby. So okay. I've always you had like a fascination with the number 13. I figured I'm superstitious, it, I figured... but I, I like all the superstitions. I'm the weirdo that kind of embraces them. I kind of figured you were going to either say one or the other, that you would either be like, oh, shit, and get superstitious, or you would say, I love that kind of stuff. So oh, there yeah, you go. No, I, I can't talk to you anymore. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you have to leave immediately. <laughs> or wouldn't it be weird if something like just catastrophic suddenly happened? Like, right. I don't know what. I can't give an example. The flood. Be weird. <laughs> okay. Um, so the main thing I, I need to lead with here is like, what's your origin story as far as getting into this stuff? Your cannabis origin story. So when did you get into cannabis? Period. But then how did that evolve into you know wanting to do cooking and baking related to cannabis? Okay. Well, uh, I grew up in a small town just outside of Ottawa. I'm sure you've all heard of it. Smith Falls, Ontario. Hey, hey Hershey factory. Absolutely. Used to be. So I, wo I used to walk to school with the smell of chocolate in the air. Oh. Um, I hit about 13 or so and it was just a grunger girl, you know, like hiding in my room with music and kind of fell in love with cannabis because it, it helped me not be so shy. It was like um, kind of a catalyst for me to be a little more social. Interesting. Yeah. So I kind of fell right into it. I loved it. And I was, you know, again, it, it, kind of another reason to hide more in my room. But at the same time, it also helped me socially a lot as well. So it's interesting because a lot of people I find it can go the other way when they try weed and makes them more reclusive and maybe more of a loner. But I guess like parties and stuff, if that's what you mean, like just the social aspects of smoking weed are a lot of the time you know, having fun and making new friends and stuff. Absolutely. And I feel like a lot of my teen years was just that small town. We don't have much else to do. I mean, there's there's other things people were getting into, but that was never really my style. Um, I've always been kind of a smart girl, academic. I didn't want my head too cloudy, but it was still a little bit of a enough to kind of shut the mind up at times and kind Don't of bring me out of my shell. It's interesting how um, like when we were that age, I mean, we weren't supposed to be smoking weed, but 
I never really felt like it was that big of a deal because there was always teenagers that smoked pot and drank before they were supposed to and stuff. And it was, you know, usually not that big as long as you didn't go in much harder drugs. But nowadays we've like, they've learned a lot about that. You're really not supposed to start fucking with weed until you're a fully formed adult brain that uh, they think there's links, you know, to mental illness and stuff like that. And I just wonder what you think. Like, do you agree or I can't help but to agree with that, to be honest, because even though it was kind of a catalyst to bring me out of my shell when I was younger, I can't help but to agree with with the science that is coming out on that. Um, I moved away from Smith Falls about 10 years ago. I got the chance to go to school for culinary, so I took it. Um, But in my culinary route, I kind of went more the dietary kind of nutritious way of cooking instead of the the salt and sugar chef thing. Mm. The salt and sugar thing, I love it. I love it, but it's just it's so competitive and so saturated, and I felt like I kind of wanted to do better. Although the health food market's getting saturated and competitive, too. It is, kind of, but at least it's something that's good for people. Let, yeah, that's a good shift. Not exactly. that the other isn't good. Like, it's good to spoil yourself, but I just, I like, I like the way I felt better when I ate good food. So I went 100%, that way. I, yeah, you um, can't deny that. If you eat healthy and you get exercise, it's, you're going to feel better. You feel so much better. And that's really kind of helped with what I feel is kind of the, the side effects of me starting smoking so young. Um, and just me studying nutrition a little bit within my culinary degree. Um, I learned a little bit about the endocannabinoid system and how we digest our food and how the brains work and, you know, just chemical processes in our body. And I can't help. But to kind of feel like I am a bit of an example of, yes, it, it kind of does make you anxious and more depressed and you feel those things That's what a I was little. kind of leading to because I'm in the same situation where you wonder like, okay, well, do I have anxiety and depression and whatever else OCD for me um, because I smoked weed at a young age and dabbled with different drugs? Or was I dabbling with drugs because I had anxiety at that age, which I can kind of also attest to. So, you know, which came first? But Absolutely. He- I, I struggle with that as well. And I also question myself, is it the cannabis that made me feel that way? Or or would this have happened either way, you know? Well, we live in a, a, a pretty busy society. We have a lot on our plate and going on and what we have to juggle and manage to just survive. It's mm-hmm. it's enough to induce anxiety as well. So, Well, yeah, not only cause? that, but I, I wonder about people coming up now, like youth that are growing up now, um, the exposure to all the smartphones even and and also just food, depending on what you're eating, if you're growing up and not eating healthy, that could be a huge game changer too. You know, people just eat garbage food all the time. That's exact, uh, another reason why I kind of swayed more the the nutritious side of chefing is because I wanted to feed our youth and our children and give them that healthy start because I seen how much it helped me. And I wanted to encourage the youth to do that more. Education system's a little messed up when it comes to, to kitchens, sadly. Definitely. So, so I'm kind of... In the process of currently hanging up my chef jacket a little bit and kind of stepping more into the the teaching, the social end. Let, that's why I'd, I think I'd kind of like to work in cannabis a little more than, than cooking now. Well, I think you're obviously a perfect fit for it. I mean, you, you have passion for it and you know how to cook and you clearly have experience with pot. So what else do you need? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think you'll be a hit whatever you try. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so uh, what I was going to say, one thing I wanted to get into, uh, one thing I told you to maybe bring a bit of edibles that were on the lower THC side, because I thought this would be kind of a funny story to bring up, um, which, which is when uh, my mom and dad, what was this, like three years ago or something, four years ago? Two years ago, maybe? Okay, so a couple of years ago, my mom and dad kind of expressed, this was right before legalization or around the same time, they were like, well, you know what, now that it's going to be legal soon, we really kind of want to try edibles. That's amazing. So, yeah, and and we were very, you know, all for that, and we I had just started making butter, and I was making some really delicious cakes and stuff, 
And we just had a party like the week before where we made a cake that got everybody high and we still had half of it left over. So I guess it was pretty strong in their defense. <laughs> um, but we had some of that left over and we came over and we brought some board games, which I don't know how the hell we ever thought we were going to play fucking board <laughs> games with them. Um, but yeah, so we, I, he, here's where the story is going to differ between him and I. Because he's going to say it was a ginormous slab of cake. And in my memory, we gave them a smidgen because I knew it was fairly powerful because a lot of our friends had done it and gotten pretty high. So you think it was, are you trying to give me a size with your hands? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, So anyways, they eat it and they had very, very different experiences right off the bat. So my dad, within like five minutes, I want to say, he started just feeling like he was going to puke or something or just very dizzy he was like oh i've had it from edibles too if you overdo it kind of greening out or whatever they would call it you know yeah yeah 20 minutes of feeling good laughing my ass off got hungry ate a bunch of stuff shortly thereafter got the spins started feeling nauseous and upstairs to bed there's such a a variety of things that could have contributed that maybe it was because something you ate if you had too much sugar all at once or something or um, he said he had 20 minutes of, of giggling good fun before he started feeling really gross after eating. Um, so either way, my dad basically is like MIA <laughs> after like 25 minutes. He's like, I'm going to go lie down upstairs, completely <laughs> abandoning my mother. Who's super intense. fucking high. <laughs> um, and then my mom was like kind of the opposite. She was like, uh, it was very bizarre actually experience for me because it was like I was babysitting my 16 year old mom. <laughs> it, I'm not even exaggerating in the slightest. Kelly it's can so attest- different to see them in that state, right? I had one of those situations with my mom once where I worked as a parimutuel back when I lived back home. Um, so a parimutuel takes bets for a racetrack and we were attached to a bar And I finished my shift and I went next door and there's my mom smoking with a drink in her hand. And I've never seen her do either of this in my life. So it was very weird to see her in that element. Did she just secretly do it and you didn't know about it? Or that was actually a kind of first time for her? I don't know. I think she's just really good at hiding it from us or that. Or she's just, we were kind of at the, we were starting to get older. So maybe she's just like. She didn't care. Yeah. yeah, Well, I'm going to get back to enjoying these things. Or now I can try it. I don't have to worry about my kids so much. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. Um, when, when my mom got into that state, it was almost like beyond how high you would get in high school. Maybe it's cause she hadn't, my mom used to smoke when she was, uh, you know, in her twenties or something. She told me in like college and all that shit, but she hadn't for like a really long time. And, uh, she found that when she did quit in her thirties, I want to say early thirties before she had us, she was getting a lot of paranoia. The usual shit you hear from people that are, uh, not really into it anymore, yeah. but, uh, she got so, so high. Like the things that happened were things you would see they would write in like a comedy movie that you'd be like people don't get that high it's like <laughs> yes they do she at one point um she was just like oh when she was sitting down and it's because the coaster that was on the bottom of her cup it had like stuck on to her like cup full of water that she picked up yeah and the coaster fell off and then we were like whoa mom what's wrong she's like the coaster fell and i was waiting for the water to come rushing out because she <laughs> thought the bottom of her cup had fallen off she sounds adorable <laughs> So uh, one thing I've heard about this is that um, because you eat it, it metabolizes differently. And I've also heard that uh, gummies versus, say, chocolates. Someone had told me that the chocolates, because of the fat content, uh, that the can- cannabinoids or can- how do you cannabinoids. Say? cannabinoids will, like, attach to the fat cells and hit you faster or something like that. or, or something. Uh, That would 
I guess that kind of makes sense too. Uh, there would be a huge difference in how you would metabolize that. Just metabolizing THC period is different from when you eat it as opposed to smoke it. Because when you smoke it, it's going to your lungs and directly into your blood. Yeah. Whereas when you eat it, it actually has to go through your digestive tract, hit your liver and your stomach, and it digests it in a whole certain way. Mm. Uh, I'm also pretty sure uh, there's when it, like you said, there is a huge difference between a gummy and and chocolate because of the, the fat content involved. Absolutely. So when we digest food, we and we digest fats within our food, our livers actually work harder and, and process it differently. Uh, gallbladder, I believe, is also it secretes bile to help us break down the fats. So there's actually Do you want me to, you want me to flip this? My dad actually is a biologist. Oh, cool. <laughs> Please tell me this is making sense. No, so far you're fine. Boom. <laughs> Perfect. <coughs> He's well, not a practicing biologist uh, <laughs> by any means. <laughs> well, uh, that's a dream of mine as I'd actually, I've always wanted to take food and nutrition science in school. So I'm kind of hoping I'm a they, bit of a um, geek for it. My mom and my dad uh, both took biology. Uh, my dad has a master's and my mom has a bachelor, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but they were studying bugs entomology. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's just weird because neither of them like did anything with that for their jobs you know so i'd be kind of <laughs> curious to to attach our two passions because i i'm kind of curious like what's in a bug and how does it benefit us and what kind of bugs oh, i thought can you were gonna digest? say um what happens when bugs get stoned uh, <laughs> that too because i was gonna say i've probably <laughs> as much as that's animal cruelty know. i'm gonna say i've probably done that as a teenager blown weed smoke on bugs and that's what i was gonna say i want to know how that spider all. felt after i blew that great big cloud in his face maybe he loved it <laughs> You know, I think he did. He kind of went up and just hung out in his corner. So. I've seen dogs that uh, really love it and they'll come up and like lick the air and try to get near the, the smoke. And you got to wonder, maybe it's because it's it's helping their arthritis you don't know about because they can't fucking tell you because they're a dog. That's you know what it. I mean? So I always I would never like never intentionally blow weed in some animal's face and be like, you're getting fucking stoned. But if you're smoking a joint and your cat decides to keep coming around, like maybe there's a fucking reason. And I'm sure as hell not forcing him, you know, my I kitties. crack the window, you know, I barely ever smoke inside anyway. When my Daglo was younger, he was very much like that. Anytime I would smoke one, he would come hang out on my shoulders. So I, I had a feeling he, he loved it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. They're getting into that now that everything's legal. Yeah, my dad just said you can buy CBD oil at the vet. Yes. Um, which is kind of cool. I love that things are turning the tide now a little bit. I like that we're doing more research there, too, particularly with the subject we were talking about earlier with youth and how it affects them and, and our brain growth and development. Mm -hmm. uh, I think legalization is very important for that fact that we're going to start watching those things and doing the science there. And we will we will see if there's a difference. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's uh, the train's not going to stop now, right? Like, no, I certainly hope not, because it is very important that we look into this and, and the benefits we can get from it. Yeah, because it seems like just even like whatever they've been able to do, especially with cannabis, it's it's almost all positive. Like it might not be right for everyone. That's a different story. But it's pretty hard to find negatives other than if you smoke it, it could cause cancer in your lungs. And that's just it. And humans like will, that, you know, humans will find that one negative thing and the brain will go right to focusing on that. And it's smoking. These... It's a choice anyways. Right. Exactly. So that's not even really it's kind of a moot point because you can choose to not ingest it in that manner. You know, um, just yeah. Cannabis seems like all all winter. And, and there's um, same similar things happening with shrooms. Right. Like in places where mm -hmm. they've legalized. Uh, I believe California and Colorado right now both have legal shrooms. I don't know if it's for recreational, but certainly for um, studies and stuff now they're allowed to. Yeah. Uh, it I might even like be recreational. It's like a psychiatric level that they're studying it. They're well, there's so much that can be done uh, in looking into microdosing and the results that, that can have uh, for mainly helping anxiety, depression, a lot of things like that. I agree with it. And I, I believe it again. Um, 
what I, I what a lot of my information I get offline, so it's hard to say if the, the source is credible or you not. You have to be careful, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what I read about that is because I'm very interested in that as well, actually. The psychosigillum, I think it's called. Okay. Uh, so that's the, that's the, the element field? within it that gets us high. But that, Of what? Of mushroom? Oh, no, it's uh, psilocybin, isn't psilocybin. it? Psilocybin. Sorry. Is it psilocybin yeah. or <laughs> I gotta get better at saying these words. <laughs> psilocybin, yeah, okay. Psilocybin, pardon me. No, I used to always call it uh, cybacillin or something and, and flip it around when I was a kid. Okay, perfect. It takes uh, some practice with all these biological words. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know? yeah that's if just If you don't it. get a that's... word right, meh. Then well, we that's one thing. Particularly, I learned like the last few days I've been studying. Uh, well, I went and took a program and I actually become a certified food safety teacher. Yeah, you were telling me. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty cool. And, but that is one thing I learned, particularly in day two when it was all teaching, is we have to know how to say these words if we're going to teach people. So. It definitely <laughs> commands a level of respect if you don't flub what you're trying. It's the same thing with doing comedy. You know what I mean? People can tell when you're choking or when you're when you're nervous and then that becomes a palpable energy. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. if you want people to listen and really take direction from you, then uh, people can take it too far too, where they become too over authoritative. Authoritative. Uh, there we go. What was it called? Authoritative. Director position, I think it was called. So that's oh. where you like, you know, you oh, set the... things. You're very military. Commanding, yeah. Yeah, commanding. That was the word I'm looking for. I love when I see people though that get into uh, a position of power and manage to like, execute what they need to do to do the job but they find a way to do it and not be a piece of shit you know what i mean exactly with empathy that's all it takes yeah, but i would say more often than not it goes the other way with a lot of the commanding roles that are out there oh my God. The military or politics or whatever chef you know? for 10 years man like <laughs> yeah oh yeah i'm sure you can relate yeah absolutely and that's that's why again i'm considering hanging up the chef jacket you met a couple gordon ramsay's along the way <laughs> well i've actually been very fortunate that way there hasn't been very many chefs like that i wouldn't stay very long if they were like that yeah Again, I try to be careful what surrounds me when it comes emotional wise. Well, and you don't seem like someone that would. You seem like someone that would speak up too. If like, I, I do. I, I, really I got that do. vibe off you right away. Yeah, I should say you're the third rando. <laughs> That's uh, I keep track of my randos, which are guests that come on that um, I've never basically met before. Oh, perfect. So I've done 13 episodes, and you're the third person where it was basically like, "Hey, nice to meet you," and then we fucking go downstairs. So, rando no, number three, and I'll put a screen thing up when hi, I edit this. Another magic number. Rando. Um, <laughs> Oh, when you were saying um, you mentioned something we were talking about earlier, I thought you were going to bring up something to do with vision because before we started recording, we were talking about, um, you know, the fact that you're wearing contacts and you have a very, fairly heavy prescription. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, like, um, with weed, isn't that like one of the oldest kind of things that we've been using it for is like glaucoma and shit? Yes. I want to say that's probably the oldest thing that I ever heard when I was a kid. That was like the one reason you would get a prescription for weed. You're absolutely right. Um, I, I should check myself better for that. I don't know if I have glaucoma. I think my eye issues are, are a little different. I think it has more to do with the retina than, than it does. I honestly just shoved this in there because I wanted to tell you that story. <laughs> okay. So we were talking about... I don't about... know if I know enough about this to chat about it. No, no, no. I was going to tell you the story about that would uh, scare you from ever wanting laser eye surgery. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I do just, want to hear this because okay. it is something I thought of, but I don't know if, if my eyes are good for that. Well, so that there you go. We were talking about this before we started recording that um, she has a heavy prescription and I was like, well, wouldn't you be a candidate to maybe consider getting laser eye surgery? But then I mentioned there was a story I heard about within the last year, uh, and I believe it was in Ontario. I don't know if dad can fact check this, but maybe not. Um, anyways, it was a guy who got laser eye surgery somewhere in the Toronto area, I believe, and he afterwards started getting like incessant like ringing headaches that wouldn't go away and he eventually fucking killed himself oh my god did you hear about this 
I did not hear about that. Okay, well, now I hope I'm not pulling this out of my ass because people were talking about it at work and I could have sworn I heard about it on the radio or looked it up online or something when we were talking about it. No, I want you to fact check it. Yeah, no, me too. Um, And I would love a link to the story if you could. Yeah, because I remember being like, holy, I was, if it isn't true, I apologize, but it's definitely stuck with me because whenever these people were talking about it, I, I just couldn't get that out of my head. Like, how fucked up that would be to probably already be nervous to get this thing done and then you get it and then you're like and something like that happens like i just there's this ringing and and i have these headaches all the time and everyone's like yeah i don't know this has never happened before and that's what's unfortunate not to laugh at the guy who killed himself by any means but it's like sometimes i laugh when i'm uncomfortable you know like just thinking of putting myself in those shoes like good lord it sounds like a literal nightmare like a living nightmare absolutely it would be and that's a thing that we got to be very careful when we're putting um our lives into the hands of medical professionals. Yeah, that they know what the fuck they're doing. Absolutely. Like, all it takes is one little molecule. Yeah, no one's going down for some backwoods fucking laser eye surgery in Guatemala. Oh, God, no. (laughs) I don't even know if I want the clean and sanitary people to to peel my eyes open. Like, oh, God. Well, I'm sure when you get there, there's probably a whole spiel that's supposed to make you feel comfortable, like, you know, how safe it actually is. Same thing they tell you when you go on a plane and people are scared of that or, like, Whenever you get like or like me right now, I'm, I'm borderline about getting a vasectomy and I'm kind of just like freaked out about it, even though everything I've read and all the videos I've seen is like, it's not a big deal. It's totally going to be fine. It's just that one know. little what if you're. Uh, your well, surgery is a scary thing because it is. Excuse, excuse me. Um, because, you know, shit can happen. And like you said, what, be it uh, a doctor not fucking knowing what they're doing or. I work in sterilization at the hospital, so that's another thing where if things aren't properly sterilized, so something that seems minor could potentially become a staph infection or something, you know, or... Absolutely, and another thing to consider, too, is we're humans, and even doctors are, too, and we can make mistakes. All it takes is one little, but I wouldn't be scared. Cause yeah, you... either way, I think my germophobia is showing a little bit. <laughs> ah, that's fine. It's good. It's good to be safe and careful that way, but yeah. uh, another safe and careful we could consider, too, is uh, the fact there's so many vasectomies that have been done, and it's a... Um, a science that has been executed over and over and over and over. Well, and there's like the one guy in Ottawa who does basically everyone's vasectomy. Did you know this? Oh, no. I think his name is Dr. Leidenheimer or something like that. Chris was talking about what him on episode two. What are we going to do when he does? <laughs> there's a guy that every one of my guy friends that I've sort of discussed this with, they all end up bringing up this dude, whether they've had one or not. They know somebody who's had one. And apparently you go to uh, what looks like a house, but it's in like a really rich neighborhood. So, you know, sometimes they convert a house into like a dentist's office and no one actually lives there. It's just downtown. They do that a lot. Um, So I don't know. It sounds like the guy's been around doing it for decades and I bet his track record's pretty damn good if he's. Well, that's just it. It's Stayed much in like, business, you know? It's much like kitchen work. When you do something over and over and over and over and over, the muscle memory comes really strong. So mm-hmm. you do get to be a master at your craft eventually. What would Imagine scare me about that, though, is what happens when he retires or passes away. What like, happens when he retires because he had a stroke during someone's fucking vasectomy? Uh, <laughs> that would be scary. <laughs> and the fact... Just needs to scalpel. Oh, see, that's what I'm saying. And the fact yeah. he's practicing out of his home is interesting. Lots of... Uh, Oh, there's lots? It was in Ontario somewhere, yeah. Wow, so my dad looked it up, and apparently there's been multiple suicides linked to laser eye surgery. Oh, my god! Or articles about it, rather. Maybe it's a few cases and just many articles, but either way, that's... Well, that would make sense, Whew. you know? Like, it's it's right close to the head, and, you know, that's super close to the brain. That's what I mean. Like, out of all the places to have something done, what are the yeah. most, like, what are the spaces that instantly feel the most vulnerable? Your brain, your eyes, your genitals. And that's just it. That's it pretty takes, much Sometimes it could three. just be a matter of, of um, 
inf- inflammation, you know, if you did something a little bit wrong. Just an infection and, gets in there or something. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like we are highlighting and discussing only the negative cases. But <laughs> what I'm trying to highlight more is um, my fear that comes into play or the ability to kind of like create scenarios in your head. Once you know there's any slight variable possibility that maybe something might go wrong. It's like um, if you buy a lottery ticket, you're probably not going to win, but you're buying a ticket because you might. So clearly you believe there's a chance. It's just re- like flipping that on its head in a negative way and being that's like, that's exactly you know, it. That's a very small example. Of I live my life in fear. Mind does what would be better for us. And again, if we like earlier, like I said, the, the human mind has a tendency of doing that. It finds that one little negative thing and it'll focus on that. So yeah. that, you know, maybe those, let's say five guys that had that negative experience, that's what we're focused on instead of the hundreds of thousands that it's probably cured. So you got to kind of, you yeah, know, everyone's consider like, the bigger picture. Oh, I'm going to be one of the five. Everyone, <laughs> everyone thinks that, you know, because if you haven't, you don't know. And there's a chance and a chance is bad enough sometimes. Well, but, sometimes our mind can create. The, we got to be careful with our minds as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to see, here's the difference, though. My thoughts going into the whole eye surgery thing would have been like, okay, if this goes bad, I'm going to be blind or I'm going to have like damaged eyes in some way. I would never think I'm going to have incessant headaches that lead me to suicide. Right. I don't know. But hey, another that thing to consider, perfect. maybe this individual had issues or maybe all these individuals were already borderline suicidal or had severe depression issues. And then maybe their neuroses was already kind of in play and the laser eye surgery just kind of was a trigger or something, you know? Exactly. Maybe a little bit of placebo in there as well, too. Again, we'll never our, know. our minds are very powerful that way. Either way, someone that listens to this is probably going to be like, that's it. I'm not, uh, get, I'm not getting the surgery. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm backing out. For me, the, the fear is more, oh, my God, I don't want to sit there while they stick a needle in my eye and peel a layer of it. I don't know if this is it a needle. I don't I know. I thought if, it was just done with lasers. Did I they... haven't watched it in a while. I mean, that could be old technology I'm you thinking know of. It's kind of a long spiel. Okay. Yeah. Well, look it up yourself, people. You have Google. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> Google knows everything. Um, okay. One. I wanted to get back to edibles, though, because yes. the edible chef, let's say that a few times. The edible chef. Follow Hi. her on Instagram. Edible chef 613. Do you have other uh, social media that you want people to hit you up on? Um, I mostly use Instagram and Facebook, really. You uh, should but make some YouTube videos like of cooking shit and teaching that people That is how. exactly where I'm thinking and where I would like to go with it and yeah, why yeah. I appreciate you inviting me in to kind sure. of yeah, come back see anytime. how I do on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, yeah, even just doing a podcast about cooking weed or edibles or whatever would be really interesting. But I do think a cooking show would be another way to go with like actual visual step That's by what step. I'm hoping to do is um, I'm dreaming of going home and opening what I'd like to call a bud and breakfast. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's where people can come and kind of experience if they're nervous or you know the, the seasoned people can come and we can just have a huge smoke session you should look at that camera and like copyright butt and breakfast <laughs> butt and breakfast that's a fucking if no one's <laughs> used that chef. <laughs> the sad thing is whenever i get good ideas like that now i just google it and i'm like dreams crush someone came up with this four years ago right it's um, like so hard to be completely original nowadays i wish i can own that sadly i can't it was my friend trina that coined that thanks trina if you <laughs> i'm ever running start- with it i told her this uh yes thanks trina um <laughs> If you ever start making drinks, though, you yes. can use this and, you know, collaborate here. I'm going to try and trademark this. I haven't actually looked it up yet. It might already be taken, but chronic tonic. That's amazing. It's probably taken, right? It's got to be taken. <laughs> it's just There's hanging there. Billions of us. And someone's yeah. probably Fuck. using it, but have they copyrighted it? Yeah. <laughs> Man, how sweet would it be to be alive like? In a different, maybe there's there's bad things about every time. But one thing I like about the less connected, less internet is like, if you had an idea like that, you could 
take it a lot further. Nowadays, it's a lot easier to just be like, oh, someone else has done it already and be demotivated by that. Like just how much, how many people there are. And, Absolutely. You know, like, I was really surprised. I socked Edible Chef into the Google search and nothing, I couldn't find anything. Yeah, really? Like, are you kidding me? Mind you, this was like. Just one cannibal. No. Yeah. The edible Chef. He's like, <laughs> well, now I'm starting to see it a little more. Like on Instagram, there is a tag with Edible Chef and there is other people using it. But I don't know if anyone's tried branding themselves. Are you yet. at the Edible Chef? Or what did, what did your Instagram No, there. I believe there is another. Well, I, no, I think I was at the Edible Chef, but I put a 613 at the end of it as well, too, Fair just enough. to kind of decipher myself. Yeah. I noticed there was another Edible Chef on Facebook, too. She was down in the States somewhere. They were down in the States somewhere. I can't remember where. Mm. So that's when I kind of decided to distinguish myself a little more from that one term and, and put the 613 on the end as well. You know, this is a weird thing because when we were setting up to do this show, Oh, fucking hell. Chronic tonics taken. God damn it. <laughs> damn it. Uncopyrighted. Um, um, okay. Well, regardless, uh, on the topic of edibles, one thing that I think is really valid and we need to talk about is the fact that they're starting to hit the mainstream now and it's actually starting to come out. You can go to the weed stores. I think uh, last week or the week before that was the first shipment. And apparently it's all really low level THC, the guy was telling me, and they don't have a lot of selection yet and they don't have any of the beverages. That's what's unfortunate is the the limit that Health Canada has put on us, a 10 milligram limit. Really? Feel, yeah. ten, And it's not per piece. That's per package. Oh, my God. So, that's so, per so package, they're selling like individual gummy bears, basically. Pretty much. And at Good 10 Lord. milligrams, like anyone like us is probably going to need like five of them to feel anything. Yeah. And they're probably priced at something ridiculous. When it comes to monetizing the product, it's very good if you're the person that's benefiting from monetizing it. But as for the average person, I don't feel it's really fair. And I think it's kind of dangerous for... I I don't know if it's going to help build the economy with that. I think they're probably doing it, well, out of fear, obviously, but probably they're afraid that a bunch of people are going to pop edibles thinking that it's not going to be like drinking and driving. And obviously, it's not exactly the same, but uh, I would say it's probably equally unsafe. Absolutely. It um, is unsafe. Um, well, I was, I'm saying equally unsafe. Too is, yeah. is, is people have been doing it already for years, too. What? So, like, edibles? Uh, edibles and smoking and driving. Uh, so smoking and driving, I don't think would be the same as edibles and driving at all. I definitely do have opinions about it because I do think there's a matter of tolerance to be taken in, in effect. If you are someone that is a regular user or um, like a medical user even, so you're very, very frequent, you don't get high you get leveled or whatever you want to call it but like but i think it's because we've worked on building our tolerance don't consume and drive no yeah i'm not <laughs> i'm not advocating that by any means likewise um but i do think it's it's something that when we keep rolling out the legalization and more research not just you know in edibles but in how they affect these types of things and transportation research and whatever i'm hoping that they will do actual studies i, I like what is the solution though right you, you let people take a test while they're stoned and get some sort of special weed license that lets them drive, you know, and it's harder for them to, to tell. That's the other part that's like, if even if you do want to charge someone, how do you know how high they are? You know and what I mean? Well, I, I mean, I haven't put a whole lot of thought into that. Really. Based on their driving, obviously, if they drove into a tree or something, they're pretty fucking high. But <laughs> um, like one thing I find interesting is I have flower strains that I can, you know, smoke in a joint or vaporize that have less than 1% THC and it's just a high CBD strain for just you know having the effects of CBD with which anyone who's used will know is not psychotropic it doesn't make you stoned at all so absolutely it just where does that fall in if I'm smoking a CBD only joint and I get pulled over can I just say hey uh, I'm medical user and this has next to no THC in it 
Uh, I'll be on my way, thanks. Or is that going to get me fucking arrested? Well, ideally, what I would like to see is maybe our government consider not treating us so much like children that way. Putting a little more trust in our hands that way that that we will tether ourselves. And, well, and I mean, ourselves. right? Because you could just as easily go buy a fucking 40 of vodka and chug it and get behind a wheel if you're a fucking moron. If you're a moron, you're a moron. Exactly. You know? That's how I feel. But and I think they're worried that people are going to underestimate the strength of edibles, not having the experience the way they do with, with decades of alcohol use and stuff like that. You know? And that is kind of a little bit of a factor as well, too, because another thing I should have mentioned back when we were talking about consuming and going through your digestive tract is there's a lot of factors that can either slow or like slow that down so like if your stomach's full of food and you take an edible and you think you're feeling fine and then you go to drive an hour home you digest your food then that edible hits you like that that could be an issue right Mm. but then again it maybe the government could also trust that you know we wouldn't drive if if you know maybe we could consider these things but that's where cannabis education is very important knowing that people understand these things and well, because many people um, report that they're more cautious when they're under the influence of marijuana, that they double check their mirrors and their seatbelt and all that because they have that bit of that paranoid edge from the weed where they're just a little more like, okay, and they and they know what they're doing is wrong, so they're extra like a little cautious extra about everything. Yeah, I can't help but to agree with that, and I'm not 100%, but I think I actually remember reading an article way before we legalized it that was committed in the UK, I believe, and that's what the findings come out and said. Hmm. Again, we might need a fact check. Well, and the interesting (laughs) thing is that, you know, what it really comes down to in the end is every single person's different. Every body is different. Every brain is different. So you're never going to be able to make a blanket statement that's going to be 100% accurate to everyone. And I think that's why they they stick with safe and being like, okay, no weed with driving. But the thing I find silly is if they're going to say no weed at all when you're driving, even CBD only strains because we can't distinguish or blah, blah, blah. That's silly because we don't get the psycho. Not only that, but you're allowed to have like X amount of alcohol and go drive. So you're not allowed a tiny amount of weed. Well, no, we don't know how to measure it. Okay, well. Well, that's just it. And and sadly, like I know this is going to probably sound a little rude, but a lot of that is ignorance. It is. They don't understand. And a lot of these people making these policies and setting these laws, have they consumed? Have they done it themselves? A lot of people with like staunch opinions on um, on cannabis are often people that have never smoked a joint in their life. You know what I mean? And and that I do find really really silly and bizarre. Absolutely. Formulate your opinions. I don't know enough. There was a topic we were talking about that I, I didn't, my knowledge, I'm not comfortable enough with it. So, you know, is it okay for me to go set policies behind that? No. You know, I feel And like- I like just that you said that because there's some <laughs> people, especially on the spot, that'll just start bullshitting because they don't want to admit that they don't know. And it, it takes like so much more balls to just say like, yeah, no, I don't really know that yeah, much no, about it. That, that's a, a good, a healthy mind, I'd like to think. And Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. So the other thing I was going to say is, what do you think when we keep going with this edible movement in legalization and all that, what do you think is going to be the outcome as far as like edible restaurants? Do you think we're going to have everything from fast food to like high end dining? Or do you think it's all going to sort of fall in the middle or or just in general? What are your thoughts on on sort of the restaurant business embracing a cannabis wave, you know, so to speak? That's a very interesting question. I'm not. <laughs> I know sure when exactly I wrote it down, how. I was like, "This is a sick question." <laughs> it is really good. Um, obviously, me being a chef, I would love to see it happen. I don't know if I see it happening on a fast food level, where yeah, it could be that convenient. Like drive-through. Yeah, well, I would like to see it more experience. happening on a level that you come into an experienced chef in their restaurant and they know how to properly take care of you. Well, and when this first rolls out, you know someone's gonna. That it's going to start off high end because it's going to be niche. So they know they can charge a lot. 
Absolutely. It's like, and that's just it. Like there, there needs to be regulations there as well too. Cause another thing we need to consider is uh, when we commercialize this product, I believe it is, is necessary for safety but we also need to be careful that we're not being too greedy about it. And think of the average person that doesn't make a lot of money that, mm. that needs this to kind of feel better. Well, talking about that, we can keep talking about the restaurant stuff, but let's address just the prices now with the legal stores. I don't know about you, but like... Sometimes they're insane. Like, well, put it this way. I generally try... Excuse me. I've got crazy burp syndrome going on here. <laughs> um I try to keep it like pretty frugal when I go there. I try to pick the bags that are affordable. So like sometimes you'll see a good 3.5 gram bag for like 19.99 and that's like really cheap there and I'll grab mm-hmm. it. And usually it's pretty bunk ass weed when you buy the cheap stuff, but whatever. I try to go budget friendly. And even then I'm generally breaking even with like high school prices of like a dollar a gram. That's like unacceptable to me. If I was a baller picking the strains I actually wanted, like a lot of these other people, I'd be spending like over a hundred dollars for like a quarter or something like fuck off. No. And that's just it. Some of them do get really expensive. Uh, one, uh, myself, I'm a fan of sativas. I like high CBD and I was really excited to see this one strain that was like the best, the most pure sativa. You're talking about Tangerine Dream. What's that? You're talking about Tangerine Dream? No, it was another one. I'm almost afraid to to say it because I, I don't, you know, I don't want to name anyone or point fingers directly at anyone, but... You know, it was a celebrity that had their their name. Oh, attached. Seth Rogen's uh, yes. house plant. Yes. Why does that guy need to charge fifteen dollars a gram? For I don't his know. Weed? And for the record, I got nothing but love for Seth Rogen. I love I him. I would love don't to have him on this show. But um, like that'll ever happen. But, but why? Uh, <laughs> why fifteen dollars a gram when? Yeah. As per my studies, I'm pretty sure like these guys are cracking them off at you know like they you know when you should be paying fifteen dollars a gram. It. When you're in grade nine and you're buying off of someone in grade 12, because it's the only person that's willing to talk to you and hook you up with weed. And then that you deserve to pay 15 bucks. That's I was part still of the, smart enough not to pay $15 at that price. I'd get $15 and the fucker wouldn't come back sometimes. <laughs> and what are you going to do? He's like in, in senior year. He's going to kick the shit out of you if you try and front on him. Right. Like yeah. that definitely happened to me a few times. And then I tried to find better connections. I think we need to be very careful how we're monetizing this product, what we're charging others. We need to keep it safe and fair. I think Hexo's doing an amazing job at that. They're coming out with a strain, I believe, that that's... I just had some other stuff, actually. Yeah, how was it? Uh, it was good from what I remember. Yeah, where did I get that? I got it downtown, one of the shops for sure. So but... I'm a big fan of seeing companies like that think of the average person because there's a lot of poor people that use this product to help cope. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up very poor in Smith Falls, and it was something that helped me cope with being bullied and being picked on because I was a, the nice, quiet, sweet girl, right? It's just so an escape a bit, yeah. It was an escape for me, and it, you know, I was also very anxious because of these things, and it shut my mind. Up, yeah, so. and weed can help you get in touch with your feelings and try to address. Absolutely, and there's a lot of communities out there that really need this, particularly the trans community, mm-hmm. the LGBTQ. You know, people like, who are dealing with a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, mothers who are taking care of their children, not you know, but yeah. they can't afford too much extra. But this is something that really benefits them and helps them mm-hmm. relax at night. You know, so I I feel that we really kind of really need to keep those people in mind and. Yes, I'm all about, you know, like it's kind of cool that they're commercializing it, but just be careful that they're they're making Don't alienate it. your audience. Yeah, like Absolutely. For Make sure. it accessible and and reasonable for everybody. Yeah. Well, one hack I found with going to the store is uh if you want some CBD, the cheapest or one of the cheapest things that I found for like about 25.99 I think for for a half quarter. Yeah. It's uh called free and it's just CBD. So I don't know what the percentage is, maybe 14% CBD or something along those lines, maybe 16, but no THC. It won't really get you stoned at all. 
but just to buy that because it's cheaper and then cut it in with your other stuff when you're rolling joints and stuff and it makes your more expensive weed last a little longer. I don't know. A little tip. I like that idea. But <laughs> another thing to consider too is CBD has also kind of been known. It may affect the how you feel the THC. So mm. it is a really good idea to cut it in uh, if you're someone who feels really anxious yes, off I've heard of this. high CBD yeah. strains. That could be very beneficial. Or I can attest to this, actually, yeah, in my own personal use, that CBD was a big game changer for me because around the time... Because honestly, when we were in high school, you couldn't get CBD. No. Or maybe you got it and we didn't know. I don't and know. And that's another reason why legalization and regulation of the product is very important because of just that. Uh, back when it was just black market, a lot of those strains sadly got bred out because mm. when people were buying it, they thought they were getting ripped off. Yeah, exactly. Because they weren't feeling that high like you would off an indica. Yeah. But what they're not realizing is you are high just in a different way. It's more of a cerebral kind of effect. Well, that's and, why and it can I love let it. you enjoy um, some pretty intense or otherwise intense strains that when you mix them with the CBD, you're like, oh, I get to enjoy this buzz now without the freak out part of it. A little more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've talked about this before on here, but um, sativas, or I was talking to you about this too. Sativas uh, with exercise is pretty much the best combination ever. Oh, makes you feel good. It, That's, it's, it's as good as it is bad to take a sativa and just sit on the couch. <laughs> it is. Well, that's just it. If you're not getting up and ends. working it. Oh, then your mind will explode. Exactly. Oh. So that's where sativas you... are. I mean, it doesn't have to be uh, exercise. I should rephrase that. It's an activity. Like, let's say you just like my advice is, is set not... up what you're going to do so that it's very easy to just jump right in and then smoke your joint or vape your whatever you're doing with your sativa. And once you start feeling it, just go, whether it's going to the gym or you set up an easel and start painting or keep your mind busy. Don't be yeah. sedentary. And you'll be amazed it. at your productivity. But yeah, wait until your buzz is over before you start chilling out. <laughs> <laughs> Much in the same way that you probably shouldn't hit a heavy indica if you're going to go and uh, try to do something. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's going to put you in the couch. <laughs> but isn't it interesting how some people break those rules completely? I know it some people funny. that just hit indica constantly and they're still out doing shit. Like they just like it. They're like, no, it makes me feel relaxed. It's probably a tolerance thing. Yeah. Or it could, it's not just about indica and Brain sativa chemistry. either. Another thing that a lot of people don't consider that needs to be considered is also what is in your sativa and what is in your indica. Meaning what? Uh, so what's the CBD level? Oh, okay. What's the THC level? It's not just about that. But it's also about what we call the entourage effect as well, too. Okay. So it's the terpenes that are involved with oh, the, the terpenes. Yes. Yeah. So terpenes is something I think that not a lot of people, I mean, weed people know about them and especially more now. So, but people who don't know a lot about cannabis probably don't know what terpenes are. They don't consider it at all. And it's a very important part of the product you're taking in. And it's a big part of the flavor and the smell of the pot. Absolutely. So a terpene is, it's, it's not just cannabis specific. It, it goes amongst all foods. Exactly. That's what I was So it's say, yeah. pretty much the essence or the oil of a food or a product hmm. yeah so that that's kind of where the edible chef kind of well, what is a terpene though like is it like a molecule or like uh you know what i mean like when you say a terpene like what is a terpene <laughs> it's i guess a tiny little microscopic molecule or something right i think it's more the oil involved in the plant it's the oil okay yeah so can like you can you wikipedia terpene just Oh shit! Yeah, my dad's trying to multitask because he he's got to switch. Okay, I'll just We're make sure. A bit too much. We'll make sure one of us talks for the next minute. I'm a little embarrassed because I should know how to define terpene and how to describe this to you. But again, I I, I think, of my knowledge, it, it's pretty much the oil and the essence of the plant. So when, say for example, you take you do the old school method where you take a bud and you put it between wax paper and you take uh like a flatting uh, uh, flat iron and you squeeze all that stuff out. I believe that's the terpenes and the oils that come out of it. People do that? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a cheap man's kind of To make oil. oil or something? Oh, yeah. shit. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. 
Okay, well, that's a, that's a good segue into what is your like methods when you... Because I, I only, when I've ever tried to cook pot, I've only ever made can of butter, which is very easy to do from my experience. You just put your... Just buy some butter, a few of those sticks, put in like a half ounce of, of grinded up weed, and then you put it through a cheesecloth after simmering for about 45 Have minutes. Have you activated your weed though before you put so it So that's the, the decarbolization and all Absolutely. that. That's something that I never did, that's but a we very still got step. plenty high. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense because when you put it in the butter, it still hits that amount of heat. Well, when it goes in the oven, yeah, exactly. Once you cook it, you're still... But I've been hearing about this. You can kind of like double the effects or maybe... Absolutely. Decarboxylization is something I've, I've definitely put in my process and I find it helps with the the accuracy or potency, pardon me. Sorry, sorry. My dad just brought me uh, the phone with Terpene's little uh, info here. Perfect. They're That's a large great. and diverse class of organic compounds. Well, what the fuck is a compound? <laughs> You know what I mean? Is a compound just another name for some small ass? Different molecule. Okay, so molecule. That was pretty much on yeah. the point. It looks very chemistry oriented, everything I'm seeing here in the infographics. Um, anyways, so uh, Jesus, that totally uh, made me forget what we were on at that uh, point. Same here. Uh, well, we we're both stoners, so yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We're doing your our best here. Your, your methods, because we were talking about how to make oil and shit like that. So yeah, I, I've made the butter where you simmer it with your weed in it for like 45 minutes, and then you strain it through a cheesecloth and put it back in the freezer and or fridge and then you have green butter that you can put in anything yeah and that's all i've ever done but now a lot of people are making oils making their own gummies so how do you do stuff like that oh it depends how you want to do it well Um, how do you do it how do i do it (laughs) Uh, when i started i did the same way you did uh decarboxylation is something i have always always used though because i want to make sure that the product is activated it is the utmost yeah. Yeah. So uh, I did it a lot like you. I just put the water. I put water. Water is a very important step for me because water will help you uh, control your heat. It'll help kind of uh, take some of the chlorof- chlorophyll, chloroforms out of. So out water of- with the butter? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like so when you put your butter in the pot and you read in the pot, I'll put a little bit of water in there too. Okay. Interesting. Because it'll kind of help me control my heat mostly. So you would have already decarbolized or whatever? I would have this? already decarboxylated it. De- oh, Jesus. Okay, I'm totally saying that. I'm butchering that. Decarboxylated. <laughs> I hope I'm saying it right. Again, I need to, this credibility thing. I need to work on my words to make sure that I'm hitting it. No, but you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Because yeah. I always heard that part you do like just on a baking sheet, right? And you put it in like cookies yes. basically, just the weed by itself at that point. Yes, just the weed. So what I'll do is I'll take my decarboxylated weed. Uh, Usually you can put it in the oven. You want to go really low Mm -hmm. because the thing to consider is when you hit about 300 to 350 degrees. It's going to light on fire? It's going to destroy the the quality of your THC. Okay. It'll it'll start uh, kind of boiling it off, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So um, I usually do mine. I'll do it between 220 to 240 for about a half an hour, 40 minutes, just enough to just kind of, you'll smell it slightly, just wake it up just a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So then um, after I do that, I'll take it, I'll put it in a pot, like I said, with butter, with water, boil it for anywhere between three to four hours. I usually oh, do. I like to do mine a while. Okay. Uh, what and what does that uh, result in? The, the longer length of what are the benefits of that? I think I just want to make sure that it... Or that's just your style, maybe? My style, yeah. Well, that and I'm probably stoned and forgot about yeah. it a little bit, to be honest. Well, at least it doesn't ruin <laughs> it if you forget, you know? Absolutely. No, no, no. Um, low and slow. Chefs uh, love low and slow. Yeah. And it's a very important thing when you're making edibles and, and consuming them as well, too. So, uh, yeah, after I, bo- I boil it for so long, because, again, I try to really watch my heat when I'm working with the product. I want to keep my temperatures above 250, even if I can. Mm. I know some people can go do go a little higher. That's okay. But I'm, I'm usually pretty careful not to destroy as much quality as possible. And there is some terpenes that can 
that can, uh, I forget what the word I'm looking for, but pretty much scorch off oh, okay. a little earlier. Absolutely. They become volatile. That, that's there what you I was go. Like. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love biologists. <laughs> yeah. He knows his shit most of the time from what I've seen. Um, okay. So, and then you make your butter that way, just like everybody else, but yours is a little more particular and probably yes. more powerful. <laughs> uh, another, another tip I would like to give too is when you're straining your butter, be careful not to squeeze your cheesecloth. Oh, really? I definitely Even have though you want to squeeze the shit out of it. <laughs> you're actually squeezing a lot of plant matter in with it. So it can. And that's bad. Um, it can be. It'll Again, it depends on what kind of quality you're looking for, right? Mm. So it's going to impart a lot more green in your butter. It's going to look cool. But it's, if you want to keep it a little more like a, a butter product, then... Interesting. Yeah. but I always same... thought it was just like, oh, I got to get all the good THC I, I stuff. I was always like that too. Yeah. yeah. I use tongs to squeeze the shit out of it. <laughs> but when you squeeze it too, another thing to consider, particularly when you decarboxylate first, is that you're kind of getting that little bit of an ash taste in there as well. Well, that's too. what I was going to say. And um, the burnt plant matter. The reason I probably never minded is because everything leading up to that point all my uh marijuana cooking experiences had been in high school where no one knew what the fuck they were doing and you would just cut up weed and throw it into the cookie mix absolutely and it, it still worked though it got not as well at all no you didn't think so and it tasted like <laughs> shit right oh well that's just it i the very first batch of cookies i made was like that and everybody complained about the gritty texture i didn't yeah. like that so that's why i started studying and figuring out well what can i do to help that well, once you make butter then i find it actually becomes like a, a pleasurable accent. It's like this new spice that you didn't have in your um, repertoire or whatever of spices when you're making food. I honestly feel that way because a big thing I was going to mention that we discovered was everybody usually sticks to like, you know, sweets when they're doing edibles for the most part. Mm -hmm. But we made spaghetti one time and we just put some butter in with the noodles. We called it Rasta Pasta. That's awesome. Or Spaghetti Wana. <laughs> Um, and that was fucking delicious. I honestly was the first time where I went, wow, weed can, has its own taste and it can be kind of fucking yummy. If you I do think it right. that was actually my first edible experience uh, before, before I even started making them. And this is, I think, kind of what inspired me to get into making my own products was a friend did that once. Nice. Uh, he took... Oh my God, like an, an ungodly amount of weed. It just like <laughs> socked it. It looked like ground beef, but it was weed. Like that's how much was in this. But oh my God, like by the end of the night or like maybe a half hour or an hour after eating it, like we were all falling off the couch, just laughing hysterically. Like there's so much and we were so high and it just, it kind of inspired me to, to keep making Positive delicious experience things. association will definitely, you know, lead to wanting to do that more. Yeah. Well, I just, I remember how happy I was and I like to laugh. It makes me feel good. It, I think laughing is very good for the soul and the body. Damn straight. Yeah. Um, one thing I was going to say uh, while we're still talking about edibles is I've been thinking that the drinks, whenever they come out, I'm mainly worried that it's going to be super appealing to kids in the same way that energy drinks were like this massive craze that just hit the teen market and they seem to be the biggest consumers. That and like douchebags and Jeeps. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know what I mean? Like there was, I just feel like when Monster and all that shit came out of Rockstar, it went from like never seeing them to seeing them everywhere. And a lot of it was really young kids. I feel the same way about gummies, to be honest. And oh, that's, yeah? That's why when I started with The Edible Chef, I tried to do more nutritious, healthier options. Because like I said, that is kind of my niche of cooking as well, mm -hmm. too. I wanted to make people feel good. And I was more thinking about the cancer patients that we're feeding and trying to... They can't have sugar. Mm -hmm. That's 
dangerous for them. And not just that, it's like you said, uh, gummies, I feel, is also a product that's very appealing to children. Yeah. So it's, you know, the Health Canada seems very strict on making sure these products aren't appealing. It makes sense in a way, honestly. It does. But what's unfortunate is everybody <laughs> wants the gummies. I was going to say, like, that's grownups like looking. gummies, too. That's the problem. Everybody wants gummies. So I, I couldn't help but to, to start that technique. It's not like when you become practicing. an adult, you, you stop liking candy. You know what I mean? doesn't candy doesn't belong only to kids you well let's just say and I, I just i think it's the convenience of the catalyst as well too where you can just grab a gummy pop it and go yeah yeah. so just, rather than you know like with a brownie brownies are great they're delicious but you got to sit there and you know like you take a piece it's yeah, crumbly yeah. it's messy that's so true yeah you can still kind of smell it gummies are good at masking the smell i find a little more too yeah honestly there's a lot of options out there now too that's why i think the drinks is i don't know if weird. i'm a fan of the drinks i don't know they're just the ones that's kind of like perplexing it, me the most and again like the drinks it it kind of ties back to the i'd like to see I, i'm a little more grassroots movement about this i'd like to see it accessible to everyone and i don't think the drink option is something that just anyone can create I think it's more of a corporate kind of derived option. I see what you're saying. Why? Just because the packaging and all that? Well, there's a lot well, of craft the packaging, breweries and the shit. The process, you know, like what it yeah. takes to make it. Well, yeah. if there's a way and it becomes legal, there's going to be people, startups who figure out how to do it themselves and run independent breweries or whatever you want to call these Very places true. that make. Well, what I was going to say, too, is I'm pretty sure there's places in the States. Maybe I'm wrong about this, where they've started making alcohol weed combined drinks. See, that's another thing that I, I kind of like, like. How come the that? average person can't do it, but it's okay for corporations to get into it? Yeah. Similar with Red Bull and vodka. When oh, yeah. it, Red Bull first come out, there was a clear thing on their can that said, do Don't not do mix this. with yeah. alcohol. That drink should couple, be called the heart attack. Right? Yeah. And then a couple years later, here's Red Bull and vodka. You know, yeah. it's okay for this, this or corporation Jaeger bombs, to do it. Everybody does. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, when I, I turned just, 30, I had a party and we were at Heart and Crown and somebody bought me one or two of... It was some sort of drink with Red Bull and something that made it taste like kind of like Skittles. So it was very delicious, yeah. but um, it, I, I got really like sick that night and I don't get sick when I drink usually because I know my limits and it was the added like rush of all that amped up sugar. energy. It just gave me like the so spins. So much sugar well, that too. Things. Yeah, the sugar, but taurine and whatever other fucking garbage chemicals are in there, you know? Right. And that's just it. And that's another thing too, where I, I think I'm kind of more of a fan of the grassroots kind of movement or grassroots movement that way because it's a little more natural products whereas you know when it's processed in a company like that you never know what they're putting in there yeah with it's it. the same thing with everything in the grocery store honestly i always wonder I'm, I'm always trying to check ingredients now because i had read somewhere online that like you should try to eat foods that have like less than five ingredients or something like that Absol and, and ingredients you can read <laughs> well yeah that oh my god yeah something that has like 12 <laughs> syllables maybe right? not so good for you I but, got, but then I sometimes be... i look them up and it's like actually sounds pretty harmless so i don't know i think that a lot of um uh, technical mumbo jumbo can be intimidating also. In it way, can be. You know what I mean? So it's, people can freak out either way, but really should just do the research, I guess. Absolutely. And speaking of the research, like maybe that is something I should be against because it's much like a vegetarian food and eating too. And one thing to consider if we go back to like grade 10 sciences, not all chemicals are bad either. Chemicals no, exactly, is a yeah. natural part of life. And, and it's They're just in everything. us taking chemicals and combining them. That's when we get those super crazy words that we can't pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily mean it's like a horrible thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I think a lot of people have that reaction. You know, as soon as you see a big, scary science word, it's like this probably shouldn't be going in my body. And probably that's true on a lot of cases, I would think. But um, um, OK, uh, I don't know what time it is. We're getting there. I think we've been doing. For a while now, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to make sure to fit in that you had brought some samples yes, of your I've, edibles. 
I was hoping we would get to that, actually. I was tempted to pull them out when we started speaking about gummies, but I didn't want to interrupt. Well, here's the big reveal then. Um, Yeah, so the edible chef again has brought some edibles. (laughs) I'm very curious. I'm here to spoil you. (laughs) Okay, so left over here, I have brought, pardon me, left over here from the holidays, I have some chocolate avocado cake that I like to make. Okay, you mentioned this, and that sounded very interesting to me because I've never heard that combined before. Absolutely. Uh, Well, again, with what I do like to do with the Edible Chef is I like to create edibles and things that taste really good and that we can enjoy but things are a little healthier for you as well too so uh i find with the avocado you put it in baked goods you you can kind of replace a lot of the the milk and and uh, the dairy and the butter and the really fattening things it's true because avocado doesn't have an overwhelmingly like uh powerful taste it's kind of like a i don't say bland but you know what i mean like if you eat just a piece of avocado with no salt it's kind of not completely flavorless but it doesn't you know, it pop a lot. Exactly. Yeah. It's not overwhelming, maybe. Is yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here. yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it is a very good nutritious substitute. So what I like to do here is, you know, instead of the, the butter and the, the cream, which I do really like and enjoy, and sometimes it's very hard to replace. Of course. I feel avocado is really good at that. And it's um, a monounsaturated fat, too. So it's a much better fat for you than than the dairy fat. I'm very interested to try this. Um, So yeah. how strong are we talking here? Like if I ate a full one of these, am I going to be like... I think next... you're going to feel it a little bit. Do you have anything to do later tonight? I'm playing board important? games with my buddy tonight. That's about it. Oh, my God. That's going to help intensify yeah, yeah. it then. Maybe I'll eat it slow and see how it kicks in. Absolutely. But my my main problem with edibles is that I usually just want to sleep. I always get... Do you put sativa in your edibles? Because that would be awesome. That's just it, too. I made these a while ago. I can't remember exactly <laughs> so it's like, what I used in it, to be honest. Take, buy the ticket. Take the ride. This is the work I've been doing with my edibles as well, too, is... Uh, the edibles I made years ago are much different, even probably even less than a year ago are much different than the ones I create now. Cause now my knowledge is more extensive. I do know the difference between indica and sativa. I do know about the terpenes. So you can utilize that. In your I, I'm starting to work this into oh, my got, process a little we got more. One is are they still over. frozen? One fell over into the other one and kind of, they melded into they melded one together. Super That's cupcake. okay. The package is yours. Yeah, I, was, I would totally eat one with you. Yeah. yeah go for it. I'm yeah. Just so to I'm going to, and again, uh, same with the dosing and the accuracy there. It's something I've I very recently learned about and started putting into my practice more. I'm going to guess that these would be about a 35 to 50 milligram dosage. Okay, I might eat like half that. I'm trying to think back to when I was buying gummies because those were usually like 10 or 15 each, I think, right? In a gummy bear. And I would usually eat two and I would feel it. So I think 30 is probably the mark where I start feeling it. Okay. And 50 is probably like pretty, pretty good. Either so way, maybe def- start again. This is great advice. If you're not ever sure how to start or how to enjoy an edible, always start low. Small dose. Small doses. So if you And feel- then wait. Absolutely. So I would suggest starting with half of it. Wait a half an hour to an hour at least yeah. because you never know what's in your stomach. Just toss it in the fridge and let it, yourself digest a bit. Absolutely. Yeah. So definitely start with half, half an hour, see how you feel. If you're not feeling it the way you feel you should, then definitely no, try some try more. I'm going to try and show with the camera. You got this, Beth? <laughs> Just because, well, the two at the bottom are smushed, but let's get that one up there because that's the most You got a little shifty. All I saw was cloth. Oh, okay. It angled the wrong way. Like that? Nope. Well, you're on the wrong camera then, no? Oh, wait. Literally. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, he yeah, hasn't even go. ate any yet. So, yeah, the one up top <laughs> is, is the most uh, pristine looking one. The other one's got a little mangled, but I'm going to definitely take a bite of this if you want to take one too. I think I might, yes. because I'm at least starting off with a nice, healthy fine. bite. I'll be fine. I'll take the messy mm. one. I'll clean the mess up for you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm. 
It's got kind of like a, almost like a minor tartness to the, the cream. Mm-hmm. But it's good. It's not overpowering. Mm. Good. I'm glad you enjoy it. Um, yeah. The freezer did dry it out a little bit. Well, Usually it's much more moist. When I'm it's not fresh. having too much trouble with that. Good. No, it's pretty good. Yeah, no, they do. They do still. Because I was also, mm-hmm. to be honest, uh, I was a little worried because I haven't tested this to see the freezeability of the product. So that's wow. well, the thing with baked Yeah, goods. it turned out well. No, it did. Yeah, no, there's. I'm wondering that, that little tinge that I'm talking about of not really sour, mm-hmm. but like tartness. Is that coming from the avocado or from the weed? Uh, this is coming. So the icing I used as well is avocado icing. Oh, okay. So that's so it that, probably used avocado. Hmm. That zing is the avocado. It almost gives from. it like a little hint. I don't want to say lime, but kind of like a citrusy mm-hmm. little mix in there. Mm. I'm going to take one more bite. <laughs> because when I made the icing, I actually used a little lemon juice. So I mashed up the avocado. I put a little le- lemon juice in with it because it helps keep that nice vibrant green color and it'll help it pop. Oh, nice. So then after that, I cheat. I just take it and I mix it with a buttercream, either one I've made or I, I cheat because I went to uh, Bulk Burn. I just got some of their buttercream and mixed in with it. It was Whatever. perfect. I just, my mind faded there a bit because I forgot to ask about allergies and that's something I should have done before oh, no. feeding you. <laughs> I start out going into anaphylactic shock. No, please don't. I am it's like that was the last train, episode. But I'd rather not Number have to 13 use that. was a curse. <laughs> He died that day. I love that I'm number 13. Like, this was a perfect time for That's me to cool. come no, over. I I'm feel really like enjoying this. You're super easy to talk to. Yeah. I, the only thing I think is maybe we should have eaten these earlier and it probably would have gotten pretty hilarious. But Probably. That's um, okay. I'll have to come back. And exactly. See yeah. Uh, any of my guests can yeah, come back. I'm, I'm, I like that you find me very easy to talk to because that's why I'm thinking about getting into more educating and kind of talking to people for a living. Oh, yeah. I don't think you're going to have any problem with that. Perfect. Because I, I know I can use my hands. They're quite effective. I love them very much. But I also want to start using this a little more. I feel it's good and I want to get that out there. You're well-spoken and you're personable. I don't think you have anything to worry about. Thank you. Um, compliments. Okay. So. Um, I should have brought napkins, though. Yes, actually, I should have warned you how messy these were. So these are the gummies I've been developing. Oh, I've been working on them about a month or so. Okay. I brought you a Ominous opaque package. I brought one for you and one for your dad. Okay. So Here you go, Dad. <laughs> there's three per package. I'd say per gummy, maybe about 15 to 20 milligrams. So it's not that bad. No, it's not that bad. So I feel it's, and I'm curious, and if you wouldn't mind, I would, if you're willing to try one, I would love your feedback. I'd like to know how they hit you. Yeah, he won't try it here because he's got to drive home and shit. And he's, well, after the last edible experience, I'm sure caution. Well, you guys ate some shit after that, though, right? I gave you a chocolate bar and you dabbled again. Yeah. So you've had, oh, no, you guys told me that mom ended up having some pretty okay experiences after, right? Where she felt like it was kind of like wine and it made her want to dance or something. Yeah. Like we we got some gummies, right? And we had, uh, what is that? Uh, CBD oil. Okay. CBD Mm. oil and gummies. That is another thing, too. So there you go. It was the CBD probably mellowed you out a bit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No. That, well, and again, uh, CBD may uh, counteract the effects of THC sometimes. So that. that I, is I heard it didn't of, counteract as much as just um, sort of like makes them kind of hit you smoother. You know, like I didn't know it actually lowers the THC effect as much as just makes it, it takes away the paranoia and those uh, anxieties. I think you may be right there. I'm not because, positive. Uh, but. I think uh, I am kind of spewing a little outdated information because in my training and, and stuff, I have also learned like because I'm, I've applied it, I'm interested in getting into working with dispensaries and stuff. That is one thing we have learned is that we're not allowed to dole out that kind of advice, that CBD will help you feel that less. Actually, they're not allowed to say shit. Uh, when I went to Superette, 
they're not allowed to give you any like I'll be like, hey, so what do you think of this strain? Is it pretty good for this? And they'll just be like, uh, we're not allowed to give you our personal opinions. And sometimes they try to sort of indirectly find ways of telling you like it might be a good choice for you. I think that's a little too far. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. I think what's very important to keep in mind, and this is something I used in the interview, we are not doctors. Much mm. like earlier, I said, I'm not a biologist. It's very important to kind of... So you don't think they should? Uh, you think they got that right? I think when it comes to personal preferences to how they feel from it, I don't think there's anything wrong with sharing that. As long that. As, you, as you specify that this is my opinion and Exactly. Not, this know, is how I feel. And yeah. something that they could also say is this may not be the way you feel from it. Well, you have to, yeah, because yeah. that's guaranteed. Everybody's different. You never know for sure. But it is nice sometimes to get feedback from... Like, let's say you're someone like us who you're not really afraid. Like, when I go into a weed store, I'm like, okay, I could pretty much try or smoke or whatever any blend in here. And I'm probably, I might get really high, but I'm not going to, like, have a nervous breakdown or, like, jump mm -hmm. in front of a car or some crazy shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so, I don't know. Like, I don't really get freaked out when I try weed like that. But Same here. Yeah, it's it's it would be nice to be able to ask a, a person that also is like that who smokes or whatever regularly. Because I think those two people could have that discussion and... There, that person's opinion might actually be super helpful because we're both stoners and we're Absolutely. on the same page. You know what I mean? Well, I think there's got to be some kind of similarities for people, like between people. I think that's why they don't let them is because you're gonna, you might get a case where someone's at, who works there is like a heavy user and then they're giving an advice or opinion on a strain to someone that's newer to, to cannabis and then maybe that might blow their fucking brains off, you know? It, that's just it. But I would hope the person that that dispensary would employ would know enough to comes down to, to proper training. Yeah, absolutely. So if they're a heavy user, you know, and they're they're telling new people to go with the 20 or plus yeah. percent like, no, that's wrong. which I don't <laughs> think they're doing. If anything, when I've been to Superette, which is the, the store in town that I've gone to the most, they've been super cool. Like all mm -hmm. the, the customer service there is great. Everybody asks you if you're having any trouble or if you need any advice or and mm. I've, I've heard people talking to people that were complete newbies and they gave them the right advice like maybe stick to lower thc and they were amazing CBD. when i went there um actually when i was when i developed my my infographic on the workout the post-workout mm -hmm. pre-workout we yeah. were talking about uh that's actually where i went to get my strains and they were very helpful in helping yeah. me choose what strains i needed the only um, issue i have is the pricing and i don't think that's really up to them so i have an issue with that a little bit too to be honest and it would be kind of nice to see it i mean if the legal market wants to destroy the black market the best way to do that is give us something we pricing. can afford yeah we yeah. want weed and giant tiger <laughs> <laughs> I like that it's in Shoppers Drug Mart. That's amazing because I, I have a prescription. Oh, it is? No, that's right. Yeah. Well, the thing, the beautiful thing about Shoppers Drug Mart being a licensed provider is that uh, they actually have struck a deal, or pardon me, as yeah, as a provider, is they've struck a deal with 10 different licensed providers. So when you take your prescription to them, you have so much more product to choose from than just one particular. Uh, when I first uh, got... Uh, my prescription and I went with a licensed provider. I went with straight up Aurora because I am You're a good. fan, well, I'm have, a fan three, of the company. They've had some of the best CBD oil that I've got. Speaking of CBD oil. Okay. <laughs> I did bring my bottle because nice. I know you uh, said that your, your father may have been interested in some CBD gummies. I didn't have anything to offer, but what I can offer is if you want me to dose something with some CBD, that is, that's very, you, uh, you guys picked some up though, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, you have yeah, some? Yeah, Perfect. they bought some. Thank you, though. Oh, no problem. Um, I don't have any, mind you. I've never really fucked with the oils, to be honest, other than if someone put it in food, I guess I might have eaten that. But I've never done just straight oils and put them on your tongue. 
It yeah. seemed like the the most bo- like from a stoner who enjoys smoking joints and stuff. It seemed like the most boring way I could possibly put weed into my system, like a little dabber under the tongue or whatever. Like I I, I enjoy vaping and blazing and, and whatever you know and eating it so i'm the same way um i find i like i like the the ways of consuming that are a little more socially involved yeah and it, well for me I, I don't care if i'm smoking a joint by myself myself or vaping or whatever i'm still probably going to enjoy it more than just i mean a drop on the tongue or whatever is so quick and mm-hmm. i like that that option's there for people who don't like the stoner side of of cannabis but maybe have arthritis or whatever and they just want to like be super discreet about it you know and they want to get it in they're not used to the the taste either oh that too yeah just quick it is and a easy. very powerful put in your thing. orange juice or whatever yeah yep that's something i've heard too that if you if you take shrooms and maybe this is one of those fucking uh, urban legends or whatever but i had heard in high school that if you take shrooms and then you eat oranges or drink orange juice that something about the vitamin c is supposed to increase the hallucinations and the visuals mm. that you get I have no idea if there's any truth to that. That's interesting. I'll have to do some more research on that. Or mango or something like that. Mango. Oh, mango is a thing? You might be uh, mixing it up with mango. mango. I think I've heard both, actually. but And mango can actually and may intensify the effects of THC. Only, oh, so that's not for because... shrooms. That's just for, for weed. Pardon me? So mango is for weed as opposed to shrooms. Okay. I think so. I think it's a weed thing you're thinking of. Uh, the reason for that being, again, ties back to the terpenes that we were talking about. So because... Um, a lot of cannabis strains, or pardon me, let's go the other way. Mango has a terpene called, is it mycrene or mycine? Mycine. Mycine. Yeah. So mangoes are very high in mycine. Oh, no, myrcene. 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 Yeah, yeah. That's it. Again, I need to, I need to like Google to just. Myrcene's in a lot of weed too. It's like the earthy one. You find it in beer and hops, I believe too. And uh, it's so, all the strains that taste kind of earthy and mushrooms, I think, have myrcene too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. That's what I, I, again, I've, I've I have another it. infographic on this. My brain has been through so much lately, though. I, I know a, a girl a named Jenna thinking. who would. You should meet her. Actually, um, she's my my friend's girlfriend. Well, she's many things, but that's one of the things. They're in a relationship, and um, she works at a place called Hybrid Farm. Okay. In town, and they're like a pharmacy that specializes in. That's my phone. <laughs> Sorry, I should have turned phone? the volume down. Oh, yeah. no, that's okay. Is it going to ring for a Thank while or no? You. I don't think so. It'll go off in like maybe 10 seconds. Sorry. <laughs> we'll just wait. We'll wait. Just rock it out. What is this song? I don't know. It's, it's oh, like the go. one that come when I bought the phone. And it's funny. I'll be sitting like out in public and I'll hear someone else's phone go off with the same thing. Yeah, that's why you got to switch it. It's so I know. Weird. I got to change it. I do. You know what happens to me that's very specific to my name? Uh, I don't know if you have this for your name. What Your name's Barbara. So I don't know if this happens with anything. But anyways, I hear someone say, uh, oh, is she coming? And is she going to bring her stuff? And they'll be like, yeah, she's going to bring all of her stuff. And then I hear Oliver and it gets me every time. Yeah, all of her stuff. Yeah, or, or whatever. Isn't that weird? It's happened to me several times, though. Um, okay, we should probably start start wrapping this up because yeah, uh, I got to take it. I'm having so much fun. Yeah, here. yeah, you'll have to come back. and I'll Absolutely. Anytime. I would love that. And I'd love to meet Jenna. Oh, yeah, Jenna, too. I, I want to have her on here, but definitely look up Hybrid Farm. Shout out I to will. Hybrid Farm because... They're I'll doing they're doing up. good stuff and they're all about the terpenes and the science and beautiful. But, yeah, they're on um, Richmond, I think, or they're somewhere out here in, in the West End. Okay. Um, really cool initiative that they're doing though. Um, so the one thing I want to ask you before you leave, we ask everybody is if you could have you can look over here for inspiration, but if you could be endowed with some superpower, superhuman ability, what would it be? You could take a minute to think. Uh, we vetoed flying because it's such an obvious like answer. Everybody would like to fly, so that's not really allowed anymore. Yeah, yeah. Anything else? And you're not picking like a character, like I want to be Spider-Man. Oh, okay. You know, just a power, one one ability, and a why? Superpower? Yeah, it could be anything. We've had some weird ones. 
I think I'd like to read minds. I'd like to see okay. what people are thinking. Okay. I think we've had one person say that before, but that's a that's always an interesting one to me because it seems like it could be such a slippery slope, you know? It can be. You don't want to look into the wrong head, right? There's that. There's also, are, can you shut it off or are you just always hearing people's thoughts no matter this what? This is true. And now, it, wasn't there like a book or, or a movie or something I think on they've that? done that in several superhero-y type shows where yeah. someone's like, it's too much, I can't handle it. And they're like hearing everybody's fucking voices <laughs> at the same time and shit. There's one in particular in my head. I can't think of it, though. It's on the tip of my tongue where I'm kind of getting that. I'm thinking that would of... Be unfortunate. Um, one example I can think of is that show. I don't know if you ever saw it. It was on for like one season. It was called No Ordinary Family. It was a family that got superpowers in like a fucking plane crash or something. It had Michael Chiklis from The Shield, who also played The Thing in The Fantastic Four. And uh, the girl was, uh, she could read minds or hear thoughts or whatever. And she had episodes where she was like freaking out because she would go to school and it was like she could hear everyone whispering about her. and But they yeah. weren't actually whispering. But you know what I mean? Like she would hear all the gossipy thoughts and it was like, messing with her so that's why as long as you could control it i guess it's an all right one but it also seems like a slippery slope for your own moral compass because you now have this ability that's kind of like you can peer into people's private shit essentially like you you could use it to i mean i'm not saying you would but maybe you're gonna be in a situation where you're like oh, i kind of want to know if i got the job or like just do something that some people might say well isn't that an invasion of privacy at i guess all? so yeah, I think you might you might be pretty right there. Interesting. I like so asking this question. If I did have it, I would like to be able to shut it off and on. That's Absolutely. yeah, kind of off. If it was something that was a continuous thing I couldn't control, I would not do well with that. But why do you want it? I guess is more why I'm. What do you think about you made you answer that? This I love asking this question to people because it's, again, I think it's anxiety. Oh, so the, I think, oh, I can actually kind of relate to that then. Yeah, where yeah. you're kind of like imagining you're always wondering what other people are thinking, and your mind is always telling you what they're thinking and and that may not always necessarily be true so but i what guess if it ends up being true or worse <laughs> well that's just it so Could yes it would anxiety. be quite destructive as yeah. well too you're right shit man this is what i'm saying this is like any kind of a genie three wishes type thing it's hard to answer on the spot because then you think about it more and you're like oh shit that was oh, maybe, maybe not I the shouldn't best have answered that. <laughs> now what do i want to do <laughs> Well, hey, man, we've gotten some weird ones. Jesse said he wanted to be able to turn into ooze like Alex Mack. <laughs> that would be that cool. Show. Squeeze into places that most people can't That's go. That's probably about one of the, the weirdest ones. Though, honestly, the most common one is invisibility. We've gotten that like five times. But uh, anyways, that's usually how we... I don't want to be invisible. <laughs> I don't think so either. Again, no. it's one of these things where you get tempted to be creepy probably. After a certain amount of time, you get bored <laughs> and be like, what can I get away with? Well, I can get away with this. <laughs> Spying on people. I'm not even talking just like sexual things, but like just, you know trying to hear what someone's talking about you or, you know, mm -hmm. find out about something secretive, whatever it may be. Um, anyways, that's where usually where we wrap things up is with okay. the superhero question. And I then love we the spawn on your mic, by the way. Oh, or it's carnage. Oh, carnage. Pardon me. <laughs> Not spawn. You I meant to say Venom and that would have been wrong too. Yeah. Again, can we, can we edit this? <laughs> Ven Venom would have been closer at least. You picked someone from a completely different comics universe. That's my mind too. This is why I never sing or I can't do lyrics, right? Because I'm always singing the wrong shit. <laughs> no, 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 Biggie. Carnage is here. Uh, thanks uh, Sorry, to Carnage. Janelle again for You're Carnage. You're cool looking, bud. Yeah, so <laughs> high five is how we end it. Boom. Yes, absolutely. Oh, oh I, I got to lean in for these. Elbows. There we there go. We go. <laughs> Elbows. Um, yeah, so that's it, everybody. Subscribe. Tell your Yay. friends. Come back next week. Edible Chef 613. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, out. plug your shit, too. Um, <laughs> all right, you got to play me on the arcade, and then that's it. Awesome. Perfect. Take a, take a picture. You. Yeah, no, thank you. Oh, this was fun. Yeah.